Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? Or do you really know what you're talking about? Last week it was Planet of Fire, which was a story of duality, wasn't it? You know, not Planet, only... Planet of Evil. Planet of Evil, sorry, it's the heat. Yeah, if we were it's watching just... Planet of Fire. Well, Planet of Fire would probably be in a better story to That's do. what I mean, heat is on my mind We're right both now. roasting. We yeah. are roasting, yeah. yeah and we've got, we're, we've got to type, kind of like do this quick, because Ian's just turned his fan off in his room. And yes. so he's going to start melting. No, I w- no, I was going to say, you know, um, you know, Planet of Evil. The characters, it was duality. The story yep. was duality. You know, swapping between. Yes, it was for lo- lots and lots of dual. Yeah, jo- Jekyll and Hyde, Forbidden Planet, blah, blah blah. And here we are again. Here we are in a story, Enlightenment, where you know the first two episodes. I'm watching it, and uh, I think it's going a particular way, and I think I've got a handle on what's happening. And then episode three starts yeah. and a uh, complete 90 degree turn. Episode three, Hove's interview with uh, Lee John and Linda Bellingham. And uh, yeah, it, it, it. I mean, I, I suppose there's other dualities as well because you've got the, the black and white guardians. Yes. You've got uh, Tegan's uh, two outstanding points. Yeah, she's got a pair. She has. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, such a weird one, this. This is one of those stories. There's certain films and stories like this where you remember watching them, but you can't really remember the details. And then you watch it again and you realise why you don't remember the details. And I guarantee you, in, in about three weeks, if we didn't have this podcast to listen back to, I'd say to you, do you remember Enlightenment? You'd go, ah, oh, I remember it was all right. And it's that, got boats in it. Yeah, yeah it's got boats in it. Because that's the, the overriding theme I get from talking to people about it, is I... I think it was all right. Mm. It's such a it's such a bizarre little story. Yeah. Um, definitely a game of two halves. I know we yes, say that a lot yeah. with Doc Two, but yeah. blimey. And as I said last week, I've never seen it before. I, no, I, it's I, surprising. I, I knew it was about like a a, a boat race in space. Yeah. Um, well, th- this was absolutely, at the time in all like in Doc Two Monthly and that. This was. This was sort of seen as the expensive serial. This was going to be the one that knocks your socks off. Um, and I don't know if you remember, there was a, 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 a what turned out to be an utterly awful Star Wars rip-off film called Message from Space. Yes. A Japanese film. Yes. Do you remember? And it was yep. all in Starburst. And, and this was like, these are going to be, this is going to be like that same effects. Blah, blah, blah. And um, it is a bit like it in the, a lot of it is embarrassing dialogue and people laughing maniacally at the camera. <laughs> yeah. And also, I, I think the premise of it, I mean, this is Doctor yeah. Who trying to be epic. Yes. But yeah, it hasn't is... got the budget to be epic. No, that's the trouble. This is Doctor Who trying to be... It's a bit of a holdover of the hard sci-fi ideas, isn't it? Because the ideas in this are really good. And like I say, the first two episodes, you're going, OK, bugger all has happened in these two episodes if you had to list it, but the ideas are good, and it's like, oh, these are interesting, you know, the Eternals are 
uh, but it just it doesn't really go anywhere. But like you say, it hasn't got the budget. I it it becomes laughable that they've only got one one ship's corridor. Mm. Where and especially where they're like uh, chasing across the ship, and it's they run run on scene right, run across the scene, run off scene left. And then you get them doing the same. They haven't even changed the lighting like they did in Blake 7 with ladders. No. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a weird little thing. Those co- that, those um, corridor scenes that you're talking about, yeah. that, they don't convince in the slightest. They are far too wide and too high to be yeah. aboard a, a an Edwardian clipper. Well, this is it's an amazingly spacious. This is more like a cruise liner, isn't it? When we see in the rooms, there's nothing. The ceilings are high. I know it's a set and that. But yeah, it's not it's not exactly uh, it's not hornblower, is it? Of hornblower co- uh, quality, um, and I love it at one point when they we'll get to it episode one. But when they go into the cruise quarters and it's through another council wooden door. <laughs> yes, well, get... they, they had they had uh, particle doors on these boats. We're getting used to this now, aren't yeah. we? Yeah, it's probably the same door. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's go into yeah, it. Let's, let's and... get started. I found them coming out of the grid room. He's a spy. I saw him wandering around and followed him in. Then what were you doing in the grid room? I followed him in. Why didn't you summon help? From where? When you found me, I was trying to apprehend him myself. Spying, Doctor? Well, I'd hardly call it spying. We were welcomed as guests, given the freedom of the ship. And you think freedom extends to a doormark danger? What shall we do with your friend, the spy? Get rid of him. Oh, how? I mean, send him back. Send them all back to Stryker. And what about you? All right, let's crack on, let's get in, and yes. we start off with a very moody TARDIS. Oh, I like this. I, I like do. this, uh this lighting it works really well yeah they're um we start off on a chessboard so we're setting up uh this is going to be you know involve chess analogies which i never really go with which is a shame but i love the orange lighting the orange roundels yeah i I didn't really yeah i didn't realize it's because the tardis is being drained of power i quite like the idea that it's like this during quieter moments it's like you know ambient lighting it becomes yeah you you would expect you wouldn't want Harsh BBC lighting twenty four seven on in the TARDIS, would you? You're never going to. This feels like it's night time, like there, you know, of an evening. I just, I find it weird though that, and if if Doctor Who was real, you would have to have stuff like this, because they can't be having adventures all the time. So I just find yeah. it weird that Tegan and Turlow, like of a night, just sit on uncomfortable chairs in the uh, console room, playing games. I imagine there's a Monopoly night, and there'll be a Kaplunk yep. night. Yeah, but always in the console room. I mean, the TARDIS yes. is infinite, isn't it? You I know? know, yeah. Have they not got no um, comfy chairs either? No. You know, they've not got a settee anywhere. Mm. Um, but yeah, it look, looks great. It looks great. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we um, we learn that not not all is well in the state of TARDIS, is it? No, something's draining the power and, and the Doctor yeah. can't figure out what. And that's when he hears a voice... 
Yes. And, and he realises it's a message from the White Guardian. And I'm very surprised by this. I didn't realise until I looked on IMDb that the guy playing the White Guardian is the same guy who played the White Guardian in A Key to Time. Yes. But he looks completely different. Well, it's because there's a few years gone by. And I he's got the most ridiculous yeah. fake bird on his head. Yeah, he's got he's got a, um, a duck or something or a swan on his head. The, the Black and White Guardians, I remember at the time... I was really excited about them because it was like this is this is a throwback to the classic days. I didn't really remember them, but the, watching this, um, the the because we get we get to see the Black Guardian a bit later, the the lovely Valentine Dial. But oh God, he's terrible in this. I think so. Is it, his bird. Yeah, his bird is awful. But the white guardian, I, I, I can't remember the actor's name. It's something Luckham, isn't it? He's quite famous. A bit like a, a lot of JNT stuff, he, he would hire actors who were famous a decade or so before. Yes, yeah. They're, they're slightly past their prime. They're in the twilight years. Yeah, but they're, they're obviously cheap. Yes, they, they <laughs> and they need the work. <laughs> yeah, they need the work, yeah. Um, weirdly, this, I, this is strange, so... It starts off the White Guardian, he's playing a game of Echo, isn't he? Yes. Which is just strange, and it reminded me of something, I couldn't remember what it was, some sort of comedy sketch. And then he gives the Doctor a message, so the Doctor wants to pass all the power into it so that he can let it drain, but that I don't know why the White Guardian's so feeble in this. Um, I don't think they ever say. But he gives him a message, and it involves travelling to... Uh, and he gives him, like, weird coordinates, and one of them is... Go go galactic north. It's like there's, there's a north. <laughs> what in, in space? Yeah. Um, These coordinates yeah. that he gives him and that they follow. Yeah. I mean, okay, they go to some coordinates, but later on, when we realise what's going on and 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 how they're going around, you know, planets as if they're like marker boys yeah. and stuff like that, we realise that it's our solar system. Yes. Yeah. They, I don't know why the Doctor doesn't go. Oh, that's the Earth solar system. Yeah. He, he treats it as if it's the middle of nowhere. It's like, wow, this is, you know, you've, they've sent me to the centre of the galaxy sort of thing. And yeah, we find out later on it's our solar system. Hmm. Which, which, I know why they put that in, <coughs> but it, it doesn't really make sense as far as the story goes. Um, yeah, it, it is a strange, it's quite, it's quite a moody opening. I quite like it. But then we, we, we meet the... Uh, Black Guardian, don't we? He appears. Yes. Yeah, he appears. And yes. Now, now I've got nothing but respect for Valentine Dial. Oh, he's, he's a, brilliant. An actor of yeah, he's brilliant. He's got an actor of immense talent. Um, I don't know how close this was to the end of his life, filming this, or whether he just didn't care. But yeah, it's awful. Mm. He's he's terrible in it. He's he's doing the old um, pantomime villain, isn't it? <laughs> Well, he, he's he's yeah. uh, preempting episode three and four, really, isn't he? He's yes, an, yeah, that's true. Actually, he's an Do early think, tip off. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps he, perhaps the script suggested pantomime, and everyone else fought against it. But then, like by episode three and four, they gave up and just joined him. Or, um, or yeah. they made the episodes out of order. He had already seen the p- panto fest of three and four because he had recorded yeah. that. So, and oh, he carried that be, over, yeah, sure, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, he's, um, he's not too good. Yeah. He's not too good in it. Uh, I forgive him. 
I know he doesn't need my forgiveness, but I do forgive him. Um, how how were you confused by all of this? Because I don't know how familiar you are with Turlo. All story. I know still, they, yeah. and and yeah. we have had a Turlo story already a, a while back. Yes. All I know about Turlo is he goes on board the TARDIS, and he's there's this plan that he's going to kill the Doctor for the Black Guardian. I don't know why. Um, But I know from the last time we talked Turlow um, that that became a script problem to keep him away from the Doctor. Otherwise, he's got to kill the Doctor. That's all I know. That's all I know about it. Yeah, they made this weird, weird decision to to have almost a a thematic arc running in this season, which was the Turlow storyline. It only really lasted sort of three stories. But... um, it was a bold move, but a stupid one, I think, because <clears throat> part of the appeal of Doc Who being in stories of like two, three, four, five, six episodes is that your average viewer can come in at the they go, oh, it's a new new story starts tonight. They can come in without having to know what's happened before, mm. and that's always been a, a bonus point of Doc Who, and it's always been aimed. That's why it, it got great viewing figures with casual viewers. I'm not talking about fans now because the fans will watch it anyway. But I just imagine <clears throat> a casual viewer coming in on this and we're straight into the Turlow storyline, Matt, with no real explanation. And then going, what the hell? What? There's a man with a duck on his head <laughs> talking to a schoolboy who looks 30, wearing pink socks, I notice. No comment, just, you know. It was the 80s. It. It was the 80s. To be fair, I got a pair of pink socks, but that's because I, I washed them wrongly. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so the story the, the, the storyline for Turley was that he, he was an alien prince that had been exiled to an English public school. It gets weirder. Um, he's so bored that he makes a deal with the Black Guardian. That if the Black Guardian helps him escape from the Earth, he'll kill the Doctor. Mm. Which seems a bit... A bit of a, a one-sided deal with that. Mm. It'd be like so you, someone says, "I'll give you the lifted shops," and you go, "Okay, who do you want me to kill?" It's a, a bit strange. Um, <clears throat> and then for the next like nine episodes, twelve episodes, however much it was, they um, they have to find lots of ways to keep Turlo and the Doctor apart mm. because, like you say, he he's got a deal where he's got to kill him, and every time he keeps, I mean. It sounds in this one like the Black Guardian's fed up with the excuses as well, isn't it? It's like, yeah. you're not doing your job. Um, I normally like Mark Strickson. I think he's uh, a great, great actor. He plays Turlo well. I like the character Turlo. But in this, he's awful. I don't know, what, what is it that so many of the, the main cast are awful in this? And yet this is the time Turlo really gets his moment. I mean, he gets yeah, a lot of is, uh, yeah. uh, big, big speeches, you know, he, um yeah solo bits of acting and stuff yeah he, but he's already like in, in this first scene he's already dialed up to 11 and he's got nowhere else to go and it, I think I think because this is a really good Tegan episode as well but she dials up the whininess straight away yeah to full and there's nowhere left to go yeah um, it, yeah it yeah, is it, strange isn't it? it it's weirdly I mean it was written by a, someone called Barbara Clegg yeah, her only thing yeah. she did for um, Doctor Who, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I always wondered, was she one of those pseudonyms, you know, that we used to get? No, 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 apparently not, no. No, she was oh. an actual person. Yeah. Um, 
Wasn't there a Hammer film about pirates? Captain Clegg. Clegg. Captain Clegg. Yes. Any yeah. relations, you reckon? Well, uh, unless she looks like Peter Cushing, no. Well, we don't, well, we don't know. She might be the exact split of Peter Cushing in a dress. We don't know. <laughs> there's a mental um, image. There's a mental image. In yeah, Tegan's like, dress yeah, popping so, out, but yeah. with Peter Cushing's face. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure that would work. Somehow. That's worrying, but, that know, is. Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm sure someone will knock up a photo. <laughs> yeah. No, please don't. Um, we do get some nice lines. So, I mean, there's some nice bits in this story, to be fair. And what, I do like it when... Because um, they, they go to these coordinates and the Doctor and Turlo are going to uh, leave the ship. Um, and they, he wants Tegan to stay behind, ostensibly because he wants someone he can trust to take the Black Guardian's message. I think it's because she's already moaning a bit. Yeah. She's whining a bit. Um, and I do like when she says about like what she did, and he goes, uh, oh, thank him politely. And it's just, Davison is a, is a, a big bonus point in this story, because well, he's underplaying it, I think. Well, I tell you, what comes up later on, yeah. I mean, I take back everything I've ever said about Peter Davison, you know, because he's the least of my problems yes. in this oh, story. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. He, I think he's quite rightly seen what other people are doing and gone I'm dialing this back a bit I'm going to stand in the background yeah my um, only my I, only quibble with him is get a bloody haircut that hair, yeah. hair is far too long yeah I think this is the longest it ever gets with him right um, but yeah they leave the TARDIS and they're in this that looks like the hold of a ship but very very spacious um, and what's great is the sound effects that is really good in this because mm. you you before they pick up on it, you as an audience are picking up. It's like, oh, they're on a boat. It makes no sense later on. No, you're getting the sound of it, it on can't the waves. Be unless yeah. they've got technology to yeah. actually give the illusion that you're on the waves. Oh, mm. it, yeah, it could be. It could be, yeah. Um, the, the, the Eternals are, are doing this as an effect. Yeah. Yeah, that could be. Well, while they're checking the holdout, Tegan's still in the TARDIS, yeah. and we have a sensorite moment, don't we? Which I wasn't expecting. You've got yes. these, these hands yeah. at the monitor, which then becomes this huge, great big head. And yeah, I'm, it's very, it's such a strange effect. Very, very creepy. Yes. Um, well, that guy I, is yeah. creepy oh, all the way throughout. Mariner is excellent. I, I don't know who this guy is, but he, he's really putting in a good performance he is spectacularly creepy and he's the only one that comes across as completely alien and not understanding anything about humanity whereas you know Keith Barron we see him in a bit and he, he's just Keith Barron <laughs> it's like he's, he's the thing but what I did I, so was Mariner meant to be up on a stepladder looking into the well, uh, that's my life? question for you I mean I mean He's a, he must be on top of the TARDIS looking yeah. into the sensor thing that the TARDIS yeah. has got. Because cause he's sort of... He, the effect is like he's he falls off or jumps off or something, isn't yeah. it? On the scanner, he disappears downwards and you hear this noise. I thought, is he, up, is he meant to be up on the... I, don't, I wanted to see that shot. I don't know, but it's not a window, is it? You know, what, no, what, it's not a window. What is he I don't doing? Know what, I, I mean, unless it's because he's an Eternal and, you know, this is simple technology, but... There is there is this weird sort of running motif on on stuff like this where cameras work both ways, don't they? Mm. 
But know. the thing about Mariner, I mean, I don't know anything about it. I don't know the actor, and I'm watching no, it, and I'm thinking, oh, you're a creep. I don't like you. I don't like you. When I realise that he's not actually human and they're this, yeah. like, almost godlike species, then I get it. But to begin yeah. with, it's like, oh, you're, you're just a creepy oik. Yeah, to, to begin with, you're thinking, you're getting very much Raker yes. vibes yeah, that's a good off one. of him um, from Blake 7. Uh, yeah, you think, you're thinking, oh, I'm not sure about this guy. He seems a bit, he seems a bit uh, rapey to me. Um, but then, yeah, later on, it's quite, it's quite innocent and quite, not touching, but it's, it's, it's a good, I, I do like his scenes with him and uh, Tegan. Like, it works really well together. Um but yeah, they 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 just they find out that they're on an Edwardian ship, don't they? Yeah, via they think, um, a copy yeah. of the Times. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which and is handily laid laying about. Yeah, and uh, that that was a shock for me. We got Ensor Junior. Yes. Yeah, in this, right. yeah. uh, playing Jackson. Yeah. Um, which I wasn't expecting. I'm a bit because I like this character. I like this. Um, all these. Uh, um, I was going to say I like seamen. Um, I like all of these uh, these sailors because it's again it's a very much game of two halves this week. This is written as if it because at the moment we don't know you're in space. No, nope. you think you're on a ship, and it's written in very very good hornblowerish language. These are sort of you you go oh I want to know more about these are interesting people, and um, I like the the matter of fact day to day. No one's really a, an idiot. They're all quite friendly. Yep. They're all quite normal, <laughs> but they introduce this thing where they just can't remember coming on board ship, and this is this is the point where you start to go, oh. Yeah, they've been there two days. Yeah. They've been down below for two days yeah. as well, haven't they? You know. Yeah, we uh, we do get. I, I don't. Yeah, we get this really really weird joke as well, don't we? Which I don't understand. Where one of them says, "Why can't a pig become a sailor?" No, I didn't get that. Because he can't look aloft. Oh no, I do get that. No, do no, no. It? Yeah, no, that's a know. fact. The um, pigs can't look up. What? Yeah, they don't have the muscles in their neck. Uh, oh right. P- pigs can't look up. Didn't, See, didn't, now didn't. I want. No, I didn't know that. I'm sure I've seen pictures of pigs looking up. No, no. Only if they've been propped oh. up can they look at the sky. Oh blimey. Yeah. I di- I didn't know that. Okay, that makes sense then. Hmm. Don't have a pig on a boat, I suppose is the answer. Um, <laughs> but um, this, this, I had, I had terminus vibes from the last time round with with this bit because they they immediately separate Tegan off, um, mm. and it's a lot of her stuff. Although it's really good, it's pure filler, isn't it? There's nothing really happening in her scenes. Um, the but, only the only yeah. thing that's happening in her scenes at this point is uh, the down blousy moments. That's true. Yes, yeah. And boy, do they come thick and fast. I they don't think I'm up. even going to try and put a tally on this. No, I think this is our ultimate down blousy episode. Yeah, this is this is what I said last week. It's like, yeah, Good you grief. can't. I don't think you could do it in this episode. No. It's uh, it's uh, very, <laughs> very very. I went. I mean, who? I can't remember. I didn't look who directed this. It's a uh, Fiona Cummings. Is it? That's yes. Think she would be a, a a bit less of the uh, point in the camera. Didn't we Tegan's. say this before yeah. about a um, a Doctor Who that was directed by yeah. her? That that that's odd that a female director would choose to. I yeah. can't remember what it was, but I think we've mentioned this before. 
Yeah. Yeah, but, it uh, does, does ring a bell. Yeah, the um, yeah the down blow, blow, blousy scale goes well, yeah. goes off the chart I think, really. I think the uh, the meter's just broken as it has. I, I, started pouring from it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, blimey. Um, so yeah, I mean because she's met up with Mariner, yes. hasn't she at this point? Yeah. 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 Um, he, he he's taken her off to give her to show her her cabin. Because um, again, it's, it's really weird that no one's no one seems surprised that the doctor and that's here. Um, and Mariner, stat, he knows things that he's not seen, doesn't he? So he knows where the Doctor is and he's never seen him and stuff like that. So a nice, nice little, very, very slow, but a nice little build-up of a mystery. It's like, ooh, what, what's going on? Yeah. I did my notes at this point saying, Mr. Mariner is a bit pervy. He is a bit pervy. Um, yeah. And then his boss, we meet his boss at that time, don't we? Yes. Um, Keith yeah, Barron Keith. as um, Captain Stryker. Um now, I said last week, I've got a problem with Keith Barron, and, and, yes. and I stand by that. But this, I, I, he's all right in this, because all the things that irritate me about Keith Barron, he has, like, calmed down. Yeah, he's, he's very understated. He's playing it as a... I mean, the fact that he turns out to be a, a non-human alien, you know, eternal, it sort of fits his performance. I remember at, at the time, I don't know whether he won, like, a Doxie Monthly survey or whatever but it was thought of as a really good performance from him but i'm not convinced it just it works but it's quite boring yeah but i think that's what works because he he yeah. is an eternal he's detached from yeah you know us ethereals isn't he and uh, yes, I, th I think yeah. he does that well yeah yeah i do like all these these um scientific sort of buzzwords thrown about as well yeah so we've got ethereals which is us and mm -hmm. Time Lords. I do like that they, they think of Time Lords as rather pathetic. Um, and then you've got the Eternals. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we don't know a lot about them at this point, but we know there's something weird going on. Mm, yeah. Well, yeah, we're getting clues all the way through that some, some yeah. things aren't quite right because it, it's around about that time when the crew go aloft. Yes. That's when Tegan notices what she thinks are wetsuits. Yeah, wetsuits, diving suits. Yeah. Um, they're really nice suits as well. Oh, when they when yeah. you see that 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 they are space suits, they are excellent, yeah. and I'm yeah. very surprised they didn't reuse them. I am amazed, yeah. And I, I I was sort of thinking, I wonder if they made them for this or they came from something else, but they appear to have been made especially for this. Mm. But yes, yeah, sort of. I mean, they reuse the Earthshock helmets shockingly over and over again. I'm surprised they didn't do this, or even another production. Mm. You know, I'm surprised Red Dwarf or something didn't end up using them. Yeah, They're probably in a probably in a garage somewhere aren't they? maybe or a landfill but no yeah. that, that they are really good when we see them later yeah I, I i was impressed and we find out at this point that that going aloft because we don't we not entirely we don't we haven't seen it there in space yet but going aloft for the first time can send people over the edge yes uh, uh send them a bit doolally um and that the uh that's why they give them a tot of rum yes before they go aloft and, and it's like oh, okay it's, 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 Interesting stuff, this. Interesting stuff. Um, and then they uh, they invite uh, the crew to go aloft. Um, and that's when we... No, no, they don't... No, they're yet. not aloft. No. They're at the yeah. wheelhouse, that's aren't right. they? That's right, yeah. They're in the wheelhouse. And they, they open the scanner. And that's when the doctor realises that they're, they're not on a spaceship. Uh, they're not on a ship. They're on a spaceship. Yes, yeah. And the episode ends. And it's like, it ended. And I thought, I really enjoyed that. And then I thought, 
bugger all's happened. Yeah, but it is Nothing enjoyable. Has happened. Yeah, enjoyable nonsense. Yeah. Do you um, remember when this was first out? Do you remember the shock of realising what was going on? Um, no, because it had been blown completely. Oh, had in it? Documentary or whatever. Yeah, I knew that this was sailing ships in space. When oh, I watched right. It, so oh, it's, that's it, a shame. Yeah, because it, it, it's a really good. Because it could so in, it's, it could so easily be a Doctor Who staple of a historical where aliens are taken over, mm-hmm. which would be a good story. Yeah, so I think it's a it's a nice sort of a nice episode end in this one. It really makes you go, oh, I want to I want to come back for episode two. Hmm. Well, episode two starts with some quite nice model work. Yeah. Um, some of it's a bit questionable later when you see the sails yes. flapping and especially the oars rowing. Um, well, it's but, the scale again, isn't it? I yes. Don't, these are these are probably quite big models, but not big enough. Um, they're okay in long shot. Like when we see them on the scanner, it's okay. But when we see actual shots of them, where you know they're meant to be camera shots of them in space, and that yeah, it's sort of don't quite pull it off. But I remember it, this. Like I say, this was the expensive one, I think. Right. So they must have spent a fair bit on it. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> and at least they're on film. Yes. Yes. That's that. There's that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's at the point when, you know, we have a comment saying that uh, uh, the map is uh, uh, of a solar system that includes Earth. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they, they, they see the uh, the charts, don't they? And, and it's got the, the marker boys are planets and one of them is Earth. Um, I do like the rather naive, but not quite nice line where the, uh, the Doctor or Turlo says... Uh, uh, no one's threatened us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so, at this point, right, so the Doctor knows that they are in some sort of race. It's in space in a solar system that includes Earth. But he doesn't at one point go, well, what's going on? The Doctor never questions what's no. going on. He doesn't ask what date it is either, does he? No. I mean, there was um, there was a, a bit of speculation after this episode was... Are the Eternals the same race as the Celestial Toymaker? Oh, was and there? There's, there's, yeah, there was. And I, I sort of, it's like, yeah, I can see this. Because they're, they're talking about uh, observing the spirit of the race, of, of, you know, playing the game. And it's, you can see why. And I think you could, you could stretch a point and say that the, the Celestial Toymaker could have been just a bored Eternal. And how are you with that? Are you okay with I'm that right notion? With that. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I think it fits quite nicely. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not. Um, it's not of Star Wars levels where everything's connected. But it is. You could go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it fits, doesn't it? Sense. Yeah. I yeah. Think so. Yeah. Um, as I say, yeah, we see a Greek ship yes. with, it, with its little oars going. So presumably on that ship, the uh, the purloined ethereals are rowing away like mad. Yeah, yeah, because they're they're operating the crew. We we find out the crew are humans kidnapped from Earth. Um, so yeah, I imagine to keep up the pretense, because the 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 Edwardian, the people on this ship, go up and do the rigging and stuff like that. I do like, um, uh, I think Turlow or so. One of them says, um, I think Tegan says, "There's no wind in space," and they go, well, "There's solar wind. Mm. That's enough to power a ship." It's like, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I don't think totally also sure you can hear yeah. solar wind in no, space, no. which we do. Um, I, I'm sure it's not audible in space. I, solar I'm pretty, wind. I'm pretty certain you can't can't trap solar wind in a cloth sail either. No, I might be wrong. no, I no. Might be wrong. 
Mm. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, email NASA and ask him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going round um, Venus, aren't we? Yes, we are. We are. Yeah. Yep. And, and the doctor, of course, learned the uh, Venusian lullaby. And do you think he thought that? Aikido? I hope so. I hope he was. Oh, should we visit Venus? It would have been nice if Peter Davison yeah. started singing the Venusian yeah. lullaby. That would have been good. As he went past, that would have been yeah. quite good, wouldn't it? And salutes um, the planet. <laughs> a Venusian salute. Um, and, uh, you know, that's when we start finding out that Stryker, you know, is a mind reader. He's read the, yes. the Doctor's mind. He knows that he's a time traveller. Yeah, yeah, he, he says, you're a time traveller. Mm. You're a time lord. Yeah, it's really, really nicely done, actually. Um, and we also find out that they've read Tegan's mind. I, poor devils had to do that. Um, and they've recreated half of her, her, her cabin down below is half of her room on the TARDIS. Uh, where she's got, a, you remember the chair from Emmanuel? Yeah, it does look uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, Ah, no, no. Do you think that's a nod to the White Guardian? Because he was in a chair like that. He was like in a that, chair like that, yeah. In key right. to time, oh, wasn't he? Be, a wicker yeah. chair like that. What, what's really funny is um, there's a photo, and it turns out it's Aunt Vanessa. Yes. The, the, her aunt that was killed by the master. But it looks like Liberace in long shots. <laughs> I was like, why has she got a photo of Liberace on her desk? Do you know they hired that lady and paid her for a full day really? just to come in and have her photo taken that's for mad, that one yeah. photo? Yeah, and was yeah. it the same actress that played that? Yes, one, yeah, yeah, it's the same one. Yeah, and also she. People would have complained otherwise. They'd gone, "That's not Aunt Vanessa." But yeah, some some of the fanboys would have, wouldn't they? Yeah, you know it. True, yeah. yeah, yeah, and also as a little throwaway thing, you've got her stewardess outfit is like slung over the back of that yes, chair. Yes, that's true. Yeah, and there's something from some something else I saw. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're going to skirt around Venus, aren't they? Because yes. they're in this race, um, and, but they don't crash. It's a very odd scene where it looks like they're going to crash, but then they don't. I don't. I don't understand yeah, what happened. Because because it's it's really weirdly edited because you've got the ship and they're they're sort of on the bridge and they're going. We need to take this tight to get ahead of the game. Blah blah blah. And it's like okay, and then they show them a, sort of on the scanner approaching ship, and then they show the surface of Venus. And then, and it's like, well, they're not that close. No, they're not that close. And you'd have to get yeah. bloody close to Venus because Venus has got this poisonous atmosphere. Yeah, you can't exactly, see yeah. the surface of Venus from space, can you? No. But, um, yeah, so they make it round, but then uh, the Greek ship does them. And we've had that really terrible, uh, I think oh. by now, you've had the thing, oh, why, why, why has he got that jewel? That doesn't seem yes. to fit with the rest of it. I do like the, uh, the digital zoom they do. Which obviously degrades the picture horribly because they're yeah they're looking at a scanner and the, the doctor goes uh, all period accurate except for that ring yes yeah <laughs> it zooms in on it um, but yeah so so we're setting up a mystery that that this because the the like um, uh, straker and it they go uh, ah just a meteorite must have hit it um, but the doctor's already thinking no that. That wasn't a meteorite strike. Mm. So, and I, again, nice little bit of uh, nice little bit of um, mystery coming on. Yeah, that sets things up. Also, the yeah. Doctor realizes that uh, the Captain and all the Eternals they need the minds of living beings, yes. don't they? Yeah, they they need them as a diversion, which again is very uh, celestial toy maker, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, they just they, see them as yeah. an amusement, don't they? Because if you were Eternal, you would get bored, wouldn't you? Yeah. So they've got no. They live. They tip. They they totally live vicariously through other people. And I I was thinking, is this some sort of subtle 
dig at the fans, you know, that these people have to have the doctor oh, for maybe. entertainment. And I, I thought I didn't know whether I was just reading into it or whether it was meant to be some sort of subtle dig. Um, but then we get uh, we get Turlo scene where he's he's contacting the Black Guardian. Yeah, again. he's got and his tap he... handle out again, hasn't he? <sighs> yeah, it is, isn't it? It's like a um, Armitage Shanks crystal tap head that used to be big in the uh, late seventies, early eighties. Yep. Um, it's it's, it's a, such a weird prop, and they keep and by now it's really ratty as well. Yes. So they keep zooming in on it. It's like oh god, there's chunks missing out of it. Yeah, cut um, away. Yeah, but the Black Garden appears and he threatens. Turlo again, um, and he does an even worse, like yeah, and it just goes on and on, um, and it's like, mm. but uh, yeah. So I mean, my notes at this point say this is really interesting, but so slow, mm. and it it is. It's so pedestrian, but it's keeping us at this point. It's not lost us. Yeah, no, it hasn't lost it's us. Interesting. Enough. Yep. Yeah. The TARDIS is gone as well, hasn't it? At, by by this time, the TARDIS is gone because Turlo just wants to leave, doesn't he? But they can't. Yes. The TARDIS is gone. Yeah. Uh, TARDIS has disappeared. Turlo just wants out, and the Doctor, to be fair, did sort of go, "Yeah, let's let's go," but the TARDIS has disappeared. Um, we then find out because um, uh, Mariner and uh, um, Tegan go up on go aloft again, and we find out that. You don't need the helmets shut. So why no. are they wearing the space why, That was a question I had for yeah. uh, uh, for later on, yes. And I like the way he goes, isn't it beautiful? And we don't see a bloody thing. No. It's like, we should have had a shot there, surely. Yeah, <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, look, look how beautiful it is. Mm. What? No, no, we're not going to show that. And that's when we find out what the prize of this race, the whole point of this yes. race, is enlightenment. enlightenment you, you win this, yeah. you're going to get enlightenments. And yeah. the captain says that once he's got that, he'll have the thing he desires most. But he doesn't yeah. say what that is. I, I think, I presume, what he desires most is uh, an everlasting holiday in the south of France. Um, and that terrible Duke free show. Oh, God. See, that's why I don't like career. him. It's things yeah, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. That um, lasted like about five years, didn't it? It went on and on and on, yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know... Uh, episode two ends with Turlo rebelling against the yeah, Black Guardian I, and jumping Tur- overboard. Turlo, Turlo at this point, it's like he's gone completely mad, isn't it? Because he goes, "No, no, I'm not going to do it," and he jumps overboard and then immediately regrets it. See, so do we, because that means yes. we go into episode three, episode and this three. is where you know, yeah, it's been a bit of a plod to get through, yep. but it's entertaining <laughs> enough. And then episode three starts, and oh boy, everything it, it, yeah. falls and apart. It's almost like uh, someone's flipped a switch, isn't it? If it had been different directors, I would have gone, yeah, okay, I understand that. But it, it's like two two-parters. And the first one, like I say, it's really slow. I mean, we're, we're talking slower than most Hartnell stories slow. But it's all interesting. The dialogue's good. The acting's been good. We're finally sort of getting a bit of character work on some of the companions. So I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with that. I don't mind slow and interesting, but well, that's you in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah, I am very slow and very interesting. (laughs) I hope. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, episode three starts. Yeah. All right, and and right, let's let let's go through these one by one. So he's jumped overboard, right, and falls directly down. Yeah. But they're in space, so why is he falling down? And also, aren't they in a race? And therefore yeah. the ships are going at speed. 
Well, you would you would think so. I mean, a, a body in motion will continue on that motion unless it meets an opposing force. I think that's. I seem to remember that from my uh, science classes. Um, but yeah, he doesn't. He immediately falls down, and they don't appear to be moving. No. Um, so they 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 say man overboard, and the crew who think he's in the water throw him a uh, a life preserver, um, which doesn't really do the trick. I mean, it, it, a life yeah. belt. Somebody's adrift yeah. in space, and you throw him a life belt. Oh, yeah. good lord! And the, the, this, these effects are not convincing at all. Not for one second. No. no. Maybe I, I if you're five. Yeah. If you're five, you probably go, "Oh, Taylor's floating away." Well, actually, if you're five, in a few minutes, you're going to go, "Oh, pirates!" Oh yes, because um, that's coming yeah. up. Because he gets picked up by the buccaneer, doesn't he? The buccaneer, yeah. Who we've not seen. Up to this point. We haven't seen anything, um, you know. We're two episodes no. in, but now we've got a buccaneer ship. Yes, and it's introduced as if we know that this is something dangerous or dodgy or whatever. It's like, you've never mentioned this yet. No. Well, it's here very, it is. Very, very strange, yeah. And we go inside. Blah. Yeah, and we straight away we know we're in dodgy territory because we get a sea yep. shanty playing. We do. Okay. It's every cliche in the book on this ship. Oh boy, is it. You yeah. know, as Turlow is taken before yeah. our adversary of the week, Captain Rack. Yes. Plus, as a side bonus, we have Mansell, played by Lee John Lee from John. Imagination. Yeah. Now, I knew these two were in it, right? I had absolutely no idea how bad Lee John was going to be. Uh, I did try and warn you. I you did, you did but you. not to this degree. This no. guy, I, oh, I, I will, I will stand up and say, in my opinion, he is the worst actor I've ever seen in Doctor Who because he's not an actor, is he? I, I, I would go further than Doctor Who, to be fair. He's, <laughs> I'd say he's the worst actor we've ever seen. He's atrocious. He's so he's bad. Awesome. He's so bad. He makes Bonnie Langford look like Dame Judi Dench. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, Bonnie Langford at least was an actress. She was an actress that broke out into song and dance. But I, this is this is classic J&T stunt casting, isn't it? It is. This is so that you can get in the papers, probably with some pun on imagination, mm. um, and you, you, you get, you know, a few column inches uh, of, of press. But it's self-defeating because... If someone sees it and goes, I vaguely like imagination, I'll watch that episode. They'll watch it and go, well, that was utter rubbish. <laughs> he can't act. He keeps looking at the camera directly. Oh, I've got lots of notes about that. I mean, and the other thing is, yeah, it is stunt casting. Him and yeah. Linda Barron. Linda Barron, yeah. Having both of them, it is J&T. It's all his fault. Oh, totally, but, 100%. But, but that just shows you how J&T was... You know, uh, j j just apart from popular opinion, imagination were a crap band. Everybody yeah. took the piss out of Lee John, right? Yeah, he was a laughing stock. Yeah, even I mean, I don't even want to say at the height of their fame because I don't think they were that. Famous. No, they had maybe like two hits. If that yeah. had been like you know Tony Hadley, because oh, he was yeah. big at that time, or Simon Le Bon, or George Michael, or Boy yeah. George, you Any know, of those would have been would have been so much better. But but to actually have as your, you know, main hook 
you know, watch the latest story because we got yeah. this pop star in it, and it's bloody Lee yeah. John. Lee John. I mean, Buster Blood Vessel would have been better. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, As a he's pirate. Awful. Yeah. He is atrocious. You can sort of, you can sort of see what happened behind the scenes there. They've come in. He must know he's not an actor. I don't know. He does. He always struck me as being a bit up his own ass as well. So he, he might not. He might think he's great. I don't know if he's self-aware enough. No, I just remember Top terrible. of the Pops and watching Imagination yeah. and, and just oh, watching awful. this yeah. smug git and just wanting to give him a slap, basically. Yes. Uh, and it doesn't change through this episode. No. Um, but they, <laughs> he's turned up and they've put him in pirate gear mm. and put him on a pirate boat set. I even... A, I mean, because Linda Barron, you, you might not like her, but she is an actress and she's appeared in other stuff and she's done serious stuff she's done comedy she's quite a you know i mean she sang the ballad of the last chance saloon in the gunfighters mm. so she's quite versatile and she's hamming it up mm. like there's no tomorrow someone like lee jong I, I i almost don't blame him because i can't think what else he could have done uh, yeah you know this is the equivalent of a five-year-old's party oh I mean, you give them pirate outfits you know, this isn't black sails, you know what I mean? This isn't... <laughs> oh, it's, it's awful. Um, it's going downhill yeah. big time now, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and at that time, I, I love the fact that Mariner says he's never met a mind like Tegan's before, so he found it yes. then, basically. Yeah. Well, that's, it's took him two episodes, but he's found her mind. <laughs> I don't think he's talking about her mind. I no. think he's being polite. I think there's other other things he's not seen before. He... Um <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, it's quite it's quite sweet in a way, but it's also incredibly creepy. That yeah, he's he's fascinated by uh, by Tegan, mm. um, which you know I know a lot of people like Tegan as a companion. I think she's all right, right. but there was probably other companions where this storyline would have worked better. Yeah, much better. Where they're, where they're fascinated by their mind and intellect. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh it's Tegan, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and she gets changed, doesn't she? And we thought yes. there were, had been a lot of down blousy moments wow. before, yeah. but yeah, when she puts that wig on and that dress on, oh, good grief. Yes, that's um, that, that's a, an interesting dress. I think Peter Davison has a, a story about... Uh, I think there's an outtake as well, but evidently she kept falling out of that dress. Yeah, yeah, and it was uh, something about Tegan, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, pop them back in or yes, something. Yeah, that was the run-in <laughs> thing. Like, yes. It wasn't like Jaws where people were saying the shark's not working, it was uh, pop Tegan back in. Yeah, um, It looks horribly uncomfortable as well, doesn't it? Yeah, can you imagine if this yeah. was a 3D story? Oh. God, blimey. We'd have, uh, we'd have uh, black eyes. Yes, we certainly would. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm just trying to think what happens in that scene. Yeah, he's Mariner's. Um, yeah, he's fascinated by. It. He wants to take her. So, so Captain Rack, who weirdly uh, explains her full plan in front of Turlo, who she's just met. Mm. Then she goes. She's going. Oh, we'll take that sword to Captain. Blah 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 blah. Um, so, so it's like Turlo's twigging it. What's going on? Um, and she invites uh, Straker and that Strike Straker Striker. 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 It's because we said Raker earlier. Now yeah, you've got yes, Striker. Yeah. yeah. Striker. 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 Yeah. 
Um, yeah, invites them uh, to a, a, a you know a little soiree mm-hmm. on the pirate ship, renowned for running uh, cocktail parties. I think pirates were. Um, yeah, we've got a crap meteor storm, haven't we? We got a really bad yes. meteor storm. Oh and, yeah, and, and, it, it reminded me of the um, the one from the black hole. It reminded me of uh, of golden nuggets being flicked. Yeah, golden screen. nuggets. Yeah, and it's during that that's when Rack goes to this locked room. Um, yes. And, and shortly <laughs> after, Davy's ship blows up. Yeah. Well, when she goes into this locked room, which is bearing in mind all of her ship sets are the same sets that we've had for two episodes just slightly redressed so this is the hold set from the edwardian schooner and this is meant to be a like a 18th century pirate ship Mm. 16th century probably whenever the pirates were at their height um but it's the same set they've just put this weird sort of door thing uh with catches on that everyone overacts when they're opening them um, and I love it when we finally see inside, and there's that massive sign. It's like something out of Monty Python. It's isn't huge. It, you know? It's far too yeah. big. Why would you put so much effort into that room to have a sign that tells you the vacuum's off? <laughs> mm. It's an ion chamber, isn't it? Apparently, because he yes, gets an locked ion in. Chamber. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that's and then when the stars start spinning. I don't know what that means. I can understand it because that, does that mean the ship's spinning? Right, or was it meant to signify that he's he's getting a bit dizzy? Well, he's panicking, doesn't he? Yeah. Because the, the thing's being turned off. And uh, so why go and try walking on that grid Yeah. to begin with? And why does it take so long uh, for the vacuum shield to turn off? Yeah, because if you, if you open, the, if you open to the vacuum of space, the air would evacuate pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, it take, takes forever. And I don't understand why... Why you need an actual hole in the ship for this laser thing to fire through, or why you would have it where you can turn it off when you're in it to fire it? Because um, I know Linda Barron's a, a, an Eternal, but she's in the room earlier when she uses it. Mm. It's not like she comes out and looks through a window and you know fires it that way. So I don't, I don't understand. And my notes I've put: what on earth is going on? No, because when Turlo is saved by the Doctor, the Doctor says there's an amplifier in the yes. ceiling this thing that looks like uh, an yeah, eye a massive amplifier or yeah. something. which somehow blows up yeah. the other ship yeah um, but but it needs uh it needs a focusing yes yeah thing which the doctor says is a crystal about yay big and it's yes. a completely different size to all the crystals we've seen yes and it's at that point i mean rack has um um frozen tegan in time somehow yes. and and put this little jewel in her tiara, hasn't she? Yeah. Luckily, she had a, a, a spot in her tiara just the right size for this jewel. Uh, the idea being that she's going to send um, Tegan back to Stryker's ship, and then she can destroy that as well. No, they don't seem to be racing at this point. Well, and and we're going to have that soon as well. That they, they seem to be stopped because yeah. these little launches that go from one ship to the other. If it's in a race, how can that little launch? do that yeah you know? i don't i don't understand it i wonder if it was like is this is this meant to be like a timed race you know where you stop at night and then you're 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 just right you're just timed on the legs but it doesn't seem to be does it It seems to be a first past the post type yes i think situation. that's all it's meant to be yeah 
but we I, get um, we get the end of episode three. I'm astonished by this ending. Camping it right up. I'm astonished things. because she's she's talking to the frozen Tegan for some reason, yep. and then literally turns, yeah. looks into the camera, and talks into the camera. Yep, looks right down the camera lens, talks to the audience, says how evil she is, and starts laughing. It's panto. Terrible. Yeah, pa- yeah, you're right. It's absolutely pure panto. Yep. And um, it's recapped in episode four. Yes, she she does the same bloody again. thing again, yeah. And that's when Tegan wakes up. Yeah. Um, and Mariner's there, and he's really, yeah, 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 you know, turning it on big time. Or, or what is love? I thought, I mean, yeah. he's going to ask her questions about what is love and something else later on, but he can read her mind, so surely he yeah, can understand. Yeah, so exactly what it is. Has he never encountered love by reading anybody else's mind before? I think he, he, I think he was trying the old Captain Kirk method, you know, where you find an, uh, an alien uh, babe and you go, uh, tell me about this thing called love. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> I think that's what it is. I think he's trying it on a bit. All right. Um, but yeah, they can read... They can read minds. They un- they can read minds enough and understand all the functions of a Edwardian sailing ship and what the sailors need and what all the references are. But he can't understand what's going on in Tegan's mind. No. Perhaps that tells you something. <laughs> um, it's all just confused woolen kittens. It is. Um, Turlo uh, betrays yes. the Doctor. Oh, God. But yeah. He's so badly written in this. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Because it's not even where you're getting the idea that, oh, he's... he's... I mean, this is sub-Dr. Smith, and this is the sort of thing Dr. Smith would do on a weekly basis. But you saw, he had charm, and you bought it. With this, it's like... I mean, even the doctor sort of looks to camera and goes, Ugh. Mm. At this point, why would you ever trust Turlow again? Yeah. Oh well, yeah, why have him still on the ship? Yeah. yeah, chuck him out like the um the um whatever doctor did with that, you know, failed companion, you know. Um Yeah. Yeah, um and uh, next we have something really silly. We have the walk in the plank scene. Yeah. I don't I don't get this. I think it's because uh, it's meant to be Rack and uh, Lee John um showing Turley what happens to traitors. Um and so they make them walk the plank. But if they're if they're uh, ephemerals, they no longer exist when they step off the plank, or something. But then Turlo is an ephemeral, and he existed when he left the ship. Yeah, but he had a spacesuit on. Uh, perhaps that's what it is. Perhaps the spacesuits keep him uh, keep him in this dimension or whatever. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 all the crew on the other ship aren't in spacesuits. No, but they're up on deck. Yeah, so why why do the Edwardian sailors have to wear spacesuits? I, I I I wonder if it this that was purely because they had some nice spacesuits. They were very nice spacesuits, yeah. I must say. I'm very impressed by we, them. We we get my favourite scene in the entire show though now because we get a close up centre a camera angle of the ship's wheel with Lee John steering <laughs> as dialogues happening behind him. And he is just leering and looking into the camera, the camera. and going, I'm a pirate. Arr. And he's pulling all the faces as he's still... It's like, mate, what? I mean, why didn't the director say stop that? He's awful. Really awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, around that time, that's when Enlightenment appears. Enlightenment is actually a thing. It's this glowing yeah. crystal city in space in our solar system, apparently. Yeah, that's the... That's the finishing line, isn't it? Is this, yeah, sort of close encounter style, 
Yeah, but who put that there? Right? Is that I is that know, yeah, have the Guardians put that there? Because um, we we sort of, I, well, it's so confused at the end as well. We sort of find out that the Enlightenment is above the Guardians. I thought it? Enlightenment was the choice. Yeah, well, it, it doesn't make it. Well, it turns out it's a it's a Kinder egg. Yes. It's hit on the table, but um, because the yeah the I don't understand what this city is meant to be, other than the fact is did they have a nice model of a city? And uh, yeah, because I'm starting to think that. Yeah, well, that's when they, um, you know, that's when they get there, uh, yeah. and Rack turns into this strange, like black column. She turns into this black column with her face yeah. On, yeah. on the front of it. I don't know what that is I meant to be. Is this what an Eternal looks like normally? Could be, could be. I don't. Yeah, because she's she's got the power of darkness or something, hasn't she? Mm. I'm not not entirely certain. It's a very strange effect. Mm. And the Doctor realises what's going on, and he realises, yep. well, Tegan says, well, I, I, I had a jewel, it wasn't there before in my tiara, so off yep. he goes and smashes it, but smashing it just multiplies the power. Don't know how this, that this, happens. Yeah, this is astonishing that the Doctor says this, and then you realise the Doctor hasn't done anything yet. Mm. That is in his good own point. show, he does nothing. So, yeah, he smashes the crystal, and then rather stupidly... Realizes that each part is then a crystal in itself, um, and we see the weird effect of rack split into multiples, and it's like something off of Bohemian Rhapsody or something. Yeah, like we had it it's last like, week. Yeah. We've got it this week. Yeah, it's it's definitely a top of the pops sort of effect filter they put on that one. Um, and what's really funny is because when he smashed it, I thought, well, at least smash it on something. He smashes it on the carpet. Mm. And then they take the time to pick up all the little bits rather than just pick up the rug. Yes, pick the rug up and throw it overboard. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we get a running round the same corridor five times. Yeah. See. To get up a loft. Yeah. Yeah. To get a loft. Yeah. yeah. And he does uh, it. He, he chucks it. But he's got to get across, hasn't he? And he needs the TARDIS. Well I, well, I don't understand this. So he gets up a loft... And then it appears like he's in pain. It, or... No, it looks like he's gasping for air to me. Yeah. But there's air up there. Yeah, because we saw earlier that Tegan could breathe up there. Hmm. No, I don't understand that bit. I don't know what's going on. But no, he says to um, uh, um, the captain, you know, I need to get across. Where's my TARDIS? Yes. You've hidden my TARDIS. And it turns out... hidden it in your mind. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> he... No, I don't get it. No, All right. I could understand if they said we've hidden it in Tegan's mind because there's plenty of room. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he goes across. We have this final showdown in the yes. in the vacuum chamber thing, and we see two really really rubbish people overboard floating through space. Yes, yeah, because well, Turlo has betrayed him again, and it's like oh. Uh, and then it cuts away, and you see these two like um, pipe cleaner figures yeah. on strings floating away, and they go, "It's the Doctor and Turlo, they're dead." Oh no! And then we find out in the next scene that it was actually Rack and uh, Lee John died off camera. Yes, our main villain dies off camera. How did that happen? I did don't they know. Just did... did they just fall through that floor, that hole well, in I the floor, both of them? Yeah, I can't. I mean, I can't see the Doctor doing that. 
Unless he thought, well, they're Eternals. Not going to matter. Why did they die in space? They're Eternals. Hmm. I could see him pushing Lee John out. I would. I think, yeah, I would. Um, but yeah, then then we get we get the sort of the final scene. Well, we get the two yeah. Guardians reappear, yeah, don't we? Reappear, and yeah. unfortunately, I mean, at the beginning of this story, you had the White Guardian, but he was all in long shot and a bit blurry because yeah. he was like some sort of mental image giving out this warning. But here yeah. he is in the flesh, and that bird head it's with awful, the. Isn't it? There's no attempt at realism. It's just a round ball with fake feathers on it with some googly eyes. And I don't know why, because they didn't appear like this in the uh, Key to Time story. No. Um, he, wore, he was dressed like Colonel Sanders. Perhaps he was, in a racist. wicker chair, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, we're back to BBC harsh lighting. And the, the costumes are awful. They look like... They've just got some like Vatican outfits and stuck a load of uh, like embroidery stuff all over. Mm. <coughs> These don't come across as two most powerful beings in the universe. No, they come across as a couple of, of senile old men <laughs> whose grandchildren have dressed them up because uh, they're looking after them for a day. As a joke, especially a joke, with those yeah. bird heads. Oh, good lord! And they, yeah, so they say that the doctor, the doctor's one. But he's not ready um, for enlightenment, is he? Yeah, they get they get rid of all the other Eternals. They basically go to Keith Baron. Uh, yeah, you can bugger off, mate. And mm. they just disappear. Um, Mariner bemoaning the fact that he he wants to hang around with Tegan still. Mm. Um, he died as he lived, <laughs> lusting after an Australian air hostess. Um, and then they get they they bring out enlightenment, and it's like a it's like one of those five quid Kinder eggs, isn't it? Yeah, it's so weird. It looks like cheap shite. And we get a close-up on it. But Turlow says you could buy half a galaxy with it or yeah. something. Well, it's, it's a bit like Avon's jewels, isn't it? He goes, oh my God, you could look at those diamonds. You could buy half a galaxy. Um, I mean, I, I don't think so. Even even if that was, even if they were diamonds, you're probably talking of not a lot of money. No. Um, yeah, the Doctor says he's not ready for it because they offer enlightenment to the Doctor. And he says he's not ready for enlightenment. Uh, so then... Well, it's uh, Turlow's choice, to, isn't it? Turlow, yes. And the Black Guardian says, well, Turlow's working for me, so therefore it's mine. And uh, they work out that the choice... Yeah, the, the White Guardian says, the choice is yours, Turlow. Do you, you know, do you give up? Or, I, the Doctor's in some danger. I can't even remember what it was. But do you, basically, do you betray the Doctor or let the Black Guardian have enlightenment and Turlo flicks the the jewel into the Black Guardian and it causes him to burn away yes uh, in a cheap fire effect and the White Guardian says darkness can't abide the light or something mm. um, and that the choice was enlightenment was the choice and yes. Turlo made the choice I'm with Tegan on this where she's sort of going we get rid of him yes. we can't trust him um, and it sort of, the episode sort of fizzles out. Yes, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Yeah, and it ends with, you know, Turlow wants to go back to his home planet. Yeah. So is the next one... The next one's not going to be uh, Planet no, Fire, no. is it? Because no, that's, that, that's his one. Yeah, we get, the, we get the Dalek one, I think, where Tegan goes, and then we get Planet Fire. Oh, right, okay, all right. All right. He's an ungrateful bugger, though, isn't he? He's like, 
his immediate thing on being set free from the Guardian is, uh, I want to go home. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. When we finally see his planet, though, it's not worth visiting. No. I wouldn't no. have bothered, mate. No. All right, and that's that. That's uh, yeah. the uh, enlightenment. We've been enlightened, haven't we? We have, yes. We're in, I mean, you're enlightened as to what this episode is. Cause yes. You've now seen it. You can tick one off the list. Yes. Shall we enlighten the listener about what we think about our two adversaries? Because we're going to have both, aren't yes. we? We're going to have Rack and Man, Man, Mansell, wasn't it? As in Clive. Uh, yeah. The Lee John character. Yeah, is I'm sure he's called Mansell. Yes. God, I've been better off getting Nigel Mansell. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it might be. I, I was I was so amused by his performance, I didn't take his name in. Shall we talk about Rack first? Yes. All right. Yes. So Rack. Which, ironically, given Tegan's outfit, this is the character called Rack. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's racked up, but not she as is. much as Tegan. Um, so, yeah, if you look at a photo of, you know, Captain yep. Rack, what do you think of Captain Rack? Um, it's just pure straight out of the BBC stock cupboard, isn't it? Yep. Um, I, I do wonder if this entire story was created to fit what they had available. Well, we've got, we've got a nice ship set, we've got a load of pirate costumes, and we've got a load of Edwardian costumes. That doesn't really go together. We've got these lovely models, and we've got some spacesuits. There you go, Father Clegg. Go and write something. It has that feeling, doesn't it? Mm, yeah. So, so yeah, I, 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 I would be surprised. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to be wrong here, but I'd be surprised if Linda Barron's outfit was made for this. Well, it was. Story. I'll tell you about it that was. in a minute. Was. Yes, it was. They were ripped off, and they could have hired something mm. for half the price. Yeah. So, uh, all right, well, having said all that, what you said yep. there, what do you give her out of ten, Captain uh, Rack, I, for her for look, des- for her design? For design, uh, I'm going to, I mean, I'm amazed it was designed. I thought it would have been just straight off the rack. Uh, off the rack. Uh, um, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't mean that pun. Uh, I give her three. I Snap. Boring. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, totally, 100% agree. Yeah, three, yes. All right, and how effective was old Linda as Rack? Well, I, I was watching it, and I was trying to separate the script from the performance, because uh, I, I think I said last week, I'm not a great fan of Linda Barron. She's always a, she's, you know, I mean, I think of her as Nurse uh, Gladys Emanuel mm-hmm. um, from uh, Open All Hours, and that's that's the sort of part that fits her, because it's very larger than life. And very, yeah. I don't think she's a great sort of realistic actress um, but in this she's terrible mm-hmm. um, she's I, I, I'm going to give her I'm going to give her two and I think I'm being generous but that's because at least she gets the plot across and she doesn't she only stares into the camera once right well snap again I gave her yeah. a two as well alright yeah yeah no, yeah she's a comedy actress don't yep. try and put her in a drama. I think, yes. both with her and with Lee John, uh, the the best thing we can say about both of them is that at least they didn't appear in Blake 7. That is true. Because everything you were saying just then about Linda Barron, I was thinking of um, old Muller's... Yeah, Linda you know, Bellingham. Linda Bellingham. Can you imagine if it was Linda yep. Barron? You know, oh, that um, would have been even worse. That would have made um, it worse, yeah. It's, you can sort of... 
you can see why JNT <laughs> did this and why he, he thought there was at least a 50-50 a chance of it working because he it stunt casted some people like Neris Hughes in Kinder, stunt casting, comedy actress. Oh my God, she's really good. So I can imagine him going, okay, that worked. Let's Bell Reed, comedy actress, put her in Earthshock. Oh no! Oh, that was a bit. That was a the, bit, yeah, the worst so, thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I don't know at what point he gives up because. Well, after this, he's still casting Ken Dodd. Yes, yeah, there, yeah. There's no excuse, is there? No, I mean. And Richard Bryars. And Richard Bryars, yeah. In the. Oh, God, we've got to come to that somewhere. <laughs> in, in the rather good documentary on the season 23 box set, um, and there's a lovely documentary about the life of JT, and it's, a, it's incredibly sad and, towards the end, tawdry sort of existence he had but he was desperate to be a, a variety producer that's mm. he, and it, that's where his talents I think would have lied so I wonder if all of this is buttering up the people in variety he's trying to get noticed by those yes, people yes I think so yeah so that you know that next time Linda Barron's got a variety special or something and they go oh we need to produce it well that JNT he was it and I, I I think it's purely that I think he's desperately trying to curry favour with with the the people in this other work line of work, mm, yeah. Um, it, 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 but it's just so sad. Yes, yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, Rack. Then she yep. she has a she adversary rate. She, she most certainly didn't. Um, yeah, she is facing rack and ruin because um, <laughs> she's got a two point five adversary rating. Wow. And that means she uh, she's condemned to spend life in a caravan with Ratcliffe. Ah, oh, so Rack and Ratcliffe. Rack and Ratcliffe. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a either a comedy show, or a mystery show. <laughs> one yeah. Well, one one's a junkyard. One's a pirate. Together they solve crimes. Yes. Yeah. Let's write it now. Yeah. All right. So that's Captain Rack out of the way. Now we've got yep. Lee John. Lee John. So Design. Uh, zero. It's zero. Awful. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it is bad. I wasn't going to go that low. I gave him a one. Oh, you're All right. Generous. So that's a half. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Hang on. Let me have a look and just see what is the lowest design we've ever given anyone. Yeah. Oh, the lowest design was the slither. Oh God, yeah. Right. I, the slither would have been better in this. He'd have been more convincing steering the ship with yeah. his claws. The slither is is, is zero. All right. So wow. yeah, Lee John's design is oh, half no. a point above the slither. All right. Wow. All right. So his design is slightly better than a potato sack covered in latex. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That says I, it I think all, that was on it? his resume. Actually, yeah. I think that was on his CV. All right. Now, okay. could you please consider the effectiveness of Lee John? Can can we have minus figures? No. Uh, zero. Right. Yep. Yeah, snap. <laughs> Utter rubbish. I, uh, I think I think you're right. I think he is certainly as far as we've got. He is the worst performance. Um, we have certainly so far that we've encountered. Because yeah. you've you've got how many people that are good actors like the guy who played Soul Deed and that, and you can enjoy them for what they are. But there's nothing enjoyable about this. No. Not even on an ironic level, which normally I can enjoy bad stuff on an ironic level but the, I just I, I'm like you I wanted to hit him yep so did I I wanted to hit him and I wanted to hit everyone in the production just for associating with him 
Is yeah. he still going? Is he? Is he? I imagine right. he's playing tributes in a pub somewhere. It'll be on some like cheap tenth-rate, yeah. you know, stage somewhere. Butlins, yeah. yeah, yeah, going over his two hits, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, well, that means that Lee John, you know, in Doctor Who, he is officially our worst adversary ever. I I think that's justified. He not own right. Not only is he the the lowest score we have ever um, encountered, right. but before this, the lowest we ever had was the Skithra Queen. Quite rightly, oh God, yeah. right? Quite, Quite rightly, awful, yeah. and she has an adversary rating of zero point seven five. Right. Right. Lee John is not only below her. He is far below her with 0.25, right? Wow. He, he is That's just a nap away from zero. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if we're ever going to get an adversary no. as crap as Lee, Join, Lee John. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'd be hard pushed to think of one at this point. Mm, yeah. Wow. So, there you go, Lee John. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, well, it, the next little bit we do, it's not in your top ten, I take it. Uh, let me think. Uh, no. No. What about your bottom three? No, I don't think it will because I really enjoyed the first two episodes. Mm. I think if the, if the yeah. first two episodes was as bad as the this, last two yeah. episodes, then oh, maybe agreed. it might go yeah. on my list. Yes. But, yeah, but I, I, mean, I would happily watch the first two episodes and go, oh, that was a good story. I'm not going to bother with the rest. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how it ended. Yeah. It's until the bloody pirates appear, everything's yeah. all right, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think that's the, that's what people used to say back in the day, weren't it? Everything was right till those bloody pirates appeared. Yes, yeah. All right, well, behind the scenes, um, yep. the original story was called The Enlighteners, and there were oh. Enlighteners. There were beings called The Enlighteners. Right. That would have been interesting. Yeah, but uh, unfortunately, Eric Sayward stepped in, yeah. right, and he reworked it to fit mm. it into the Black Guardian trilogy. That's so, got to be galling for a writer, isn't it? Yeah, he, he took yeah, we out. We like your story, but we're going to change it to fit. We're going to take two of your yeah. brand new characters you've created yeah. out and put in two that already exist. So the the Black and White Guardians, they would have been the Enlighteners. Yes, at the end, yes. You would have none of that. You wouldn't have had any of that nonsense at the beginning. Um, So yeah, that was that. And this story was plagued by strike problems, wasn't it? Um, um, Yeah. And uh, originally, it it was delayed by strike problems. But before the strike problems happened, it was actually Peter Salis who was going to play Captain Striker, not Keith Barron. Oh yes, I think I think didn't he go for like costume fittings and everything? They had one day of rehearsal. Um, before um, you know the dates changed because of the um, because of the strike, and when they came back to do it, he was already signed up to yeah. do a last of the summer wine special, so he couldn't do it. Okay, uh, I think he would have been quite good because he, he's a really good actor. Yeah, uh, very much so. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you know an actor called David Rule? I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna look in up, up now to see if I recognise the face. David Rule, Rule spelled R-H-U-L-E. Do you know who that is? doesn't ring a bell. Uh, Oh, he's an actor. He was in Empire State. Towers of the Unexpected, Only Fools and Horses. So I'm guessing British. I'm just 
going to image search him. But he originally was going to be... He does look a bit like Lee John. Yeah, I was going to say. He was in Desmond's, I can see that there. But he was the original choice, right? Oh, right. But he couldn't... Well, do you know what? I know nothing about him. He would have been better. He would have been better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, yeah, he had to drop out at very short notice. So they brought Lee John in instead, you know? Well, do you think he was passing the office or something? He was on his way to Top of the Pops, I think. Yeah. 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 Dressed as a pirate and... John Nathan Turner goes, <laughs> yeah, oh, hey. actually, that probably was his costume. It's yeah. serendipity, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and apparently old Ensor Jr. in this, old Jackson, yeah. he wasn't going to um, reappear after the second episode. Um, but uh, Eric Saywood felt a bit concerned that uh, the viewers might think he had been executed, so yeah. they, they brought him back. Yeah, it's a shame he wasn't in it more for the second two episodes. Uh, the last two episodes, because he was quite a good character. Enjoyed his little performance. Yeah. Um, do you know who uh, was... I can't see this. I really can't see this. Unless it's Linda Barron that's actually camped everything up and made it go the way it went, in which case, if this person played Captain Rack, it wouldn't have happened. But apparently somebody offered the role of Captain Rack was Glenda Jackson. Yeah, that would have been a much more serious performance. I think that would have changed things, and I don't think Lee John would have been involved then. No. Oh, can you imagine? I mean, Lee John comes up short next to Linda Barron. Can you imagine him next to Glenda Jackson? Mm. Oscar-winning Glenda Jackson. Yeah, yeah. (sighs) Mm, Indeed. Um, Did she turn it down, I take it? Yes, she did. Maybe she saw Lee John was going to be in it. Who am I working with? Oh, you're working with an amazing up-and-coming young actor called Lee John. Have you got a demo reel? Right, I'm not doing it. There's just a click of the (laughs) phone as she puts it down, yeah. Um, The the model work, the ships uh, in that, they were props sourced by Mike Kelt. He was the uh, visual effects guy. Uh, He had done a lot of research at the National Maritime Museum. Now, I don't know if he then built them after doing research uh, or if or he borrowed were. them yeah. or something, you know. They do look about, judging by the, 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 the coarseness of the sails and things like that and the thickness of the ropes, they do look about the size you would get in a low museum budget one when you're mm. about, you know, 18 inches long. Yeah. Yeah. So perhaps they borrowed them. Yeah. I would explain that. Or rented them or something. Them, yeah. yeah. Um, when Mike Kelt came on board for this story, he was pretty shocked by uh, the uh, the terrible state of the TARDIS console oh, prop, awful, yeah. and he was worried about damaging it more while filming the explosion that happens in part one. And he asked J and T if he could, you know, replace it, build a new one, but he was told there's no money, so they oh. had to do with what they got. Yeah, um, and yeah, the last thing, yeah, Linda Barron's ball gown was made especially for the story and was the most expensive costume in that story. Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, it looks good, but again, I, I never understand why, it, why it's cheaper to, uh, to to make these things than just hire them. Yeah, but it's the BBC. Surely they've got hundreds of, you know, smashing yeah. blouses and things like that in storage, you know? You would, you would think so. Mm. Um, very, yeah, very strange. I was just looking up on this because, yeah, the, so so at, at the end, Turlo says he wants to go home, but this wasn't just before that because 
I was thinking the reason that they replaced it in the Five Doctors, the console, was because this one was absolutely wrecked, wasn't it? Mm. So we had almost another season before they eventually got Turlo home. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's weird, isn't it? Why, mm. why drop that? Mm. All right, well, uh, before we end this uh, today, another little bit of feedback. Um, oh, good. We yeah. Do you remember last week we had uh, uh, two bits of feedback from Mark? Yes. Uh, one where we found out that Mark was uh, a, a Kiwi, and the other one saying about Arcturus and Alpha Centauri uh, burning to death in the uh, yes, Longleaf fire. Uh, fire. Yeah, Longleaf fire. Yeah, well, it turns out they uh, were. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The Daypol fire, was it? No, I think it was the Longleaf was it fire. Longleaf? Oh. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. Anyway. Um, some fire. Yeah, some fire. Yeah. Uh, well, Mark has been back in touch um, to actually say that I was wrong last week. That, that was two different Marks. Right. Oh right. Okay. So uh, the the mark, the kiwi mark, isn't the mark that was talking about the the longleaf fire. Oh right. And Arcturus, okay. right? Um, so he's corrected me on that. So sorry, Mark. I I, I didn't realise. And he can went you, on. Can they list themselves as Mark One, Mark Two? Mark well, two. I think one was named Mark, and then the other one yeah. was named Mark and his surname, and I hadn't picked up on the fact that one of them oh, right. <laughs> was actually <laughs> logged on differently. Um, but no, he, he's, he's elaborated a bit more after what we said about, you know, the fire and Arcturus. Because yep. do you remember you said you don't remember Arcturus being on yeah, display at Longley? Yeah, no. um, He says it was only the head of Arcturus that went on display. Oh, right. I'm only saying that because when I took over at Longley, I made a list and tried to track down some of the exhibits that seemed to be missing. And my boss, Lorne Martin, told me it was all lost in the fire. Arcturus was on my list. So make of that what you will. So it looks like at some point, Ar well, his head uh, m moved on to be displayed, yeah. and at some point, yeah, got toasted. Aww. Hmm. So thanks, Mark. Thanks for that, yeah, thanks um, for that. further bit of uh, information. So that's good. All right. Uh, so we're just about to go, but uh, we've got to announce who uh, who we are discussing when we come back with Colin. Yes. With Colin, dear, dear Colin. Um, so you're running this, out of subjects yeah, now, aren't I you? I am. I'm running out of, of Colin's stories. Um, but I think we're in for a treat. It, uh, this one features an old friend of ours. Um, an it, old friend. Feature, yeah, an old friend of ours. Is that a, is it, that a ploy on you know old? No, no, no. Well, what if what if I said, uh, well now? Oh no. No. Yes. Time yes. lash. Time lash. Well done. Oh, good lord! I don't yeah. own it. You don't own it. Oh, no, right. I don't own it because I know I know of it. <laughs> I think so, I watched it the once, and the only other bits I've ever seen of it is when there's been documentaries on yeah, point on how how, how bad Doctor Who could be. Is oh, good lord! Oh, good lord! Um, so we'll be looking at the uh, the Borad. Who's the main villain? But I also think we should look at the band drills because yep. just for the oh, good grief! Just for the fun of it. Um, oh, this will be an interesting one because um, if you haven't seen it, you, you must have I seen it when it was on. I haven't seen it since transmission. <gasps> I think maybe if I did have, you know, on that yeah. first night of transmission, 
and I pre pressed, you know, play and record on my videotape recorder. I think maybe about halfway through, I just stopped and rewound just and thought, oh, there's a Hammer film on later. I'll yeah. record that instead, you know. I don't, I don't uh, blame you. Oh, um, good Lord. I'm surprised you haven't watched it just because of the... Uh the Blake 7 connection. But, you know, I don't want to sully my memory of, yes. of the beloved Avon, do I? You know? Mm, sully you might. Oh, good grief. All right. I well. mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for, because, uh, you know, Colin's usually reliable. I'm hoping that it's better than we remember it. When was the last time you saw this? Uh, when the DVD came out. So I watched it once right. after transmission. So. And do you remember your gut feeling on watching that again um, in I all its HD it being, glory? I remember it as being tackily awful. Mm. Um, well, we've but, had tackily yeah. awful tonight, haven't we? So I think that's, that's true, quite an yeah. interesting, you know, logical will it be a move. Step up? Yeah. yeah. Will it be a step up from this? <laughs> on the adversary list, will anything we see in Time Lash actually equal the horror that is Lee yes, John? Lee John. I think you'd. I think you'd have to be hard pushed. I remember actually. Um, I remember thinking the Borad makeup was really good. I remember it looking yeah. good in photos. Yes, it'll be interesting to see whether it holds up. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember when uh, uh, spoilers when Paul Darrow's Tekka Mailing gets shot, he turns into a very cheap plastic. Oh skeleton. Jesus! Yeah, no, remember? yeah, that I've seen on a on a, yeah. a, a clips show. Yeah, his death. Where he goes all gummy just before he turns yes. into a skeleton. Yeah. Yes, uh, yes, I do remember it. Oh, good grief. Well, like I say, it's logical to, to, to yes. follow tonight's bit of like crap nonsense with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we've, um, our seasons are taking a dark turn. This happened again? last time, yeah. and it was all round about the fifth doctor yeah. that everything, you know, started going downhill, you know. Yeah, all right. But, I, would say, uh, I would say you might be able to save us after that with Sylvester McCoy, but. No, I know what we're having with Sylvester McCoy, oh, and, no. and and we are going further down that slope. I think. Oh God. Yeah, oh, no. yeah. It might it might be a case of New Who rescuing us from this downward God, spiral. Can you imagine that? Yeah. yeah. That we go. Oh, thank goodness we're in New Who. <laughs> yes, it's brought us out of it. Yeah, yeah. Thank goodness. But you know, I mean, it's been entertaining talking about it tonight. Yes. It's more entertaining than watching than episodes watching three it, and four. Yeah, yeah. I've I've had more fun talking about it than I had watching it yeah and I think we're going to come away tonight with a new slogan for this podcast which is whenever we talk about anything bad be it Time Lash or anything in New Who or whatever we can actually say it's bad but it's no Lee John yes I think so do, do you remember on Blake 7 we had we had some sort of device didn't we to, we rated Bad yep. episodes against what was it? What was the? Well, we had the crap video effects. I remember that yeah. one. I don't know. I have to go and have a look. Yeah, yeah. I have to have a look. But we used to say it. It's bad, but it's not. It yep. doesn't be this. Oh Can't yes, yeah, 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 so yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was cancer. So it's or... elite. Yeah. Oh, uh, was it? An no, it wasn't animals. We didn't do that till later on. No. Um. So yeah, I think Lee. I think that's a great thing. We 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 rate. He's everything. our yardstick now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, a yardstick on a yardarm, Pirate Lee John oh, was, wasn't good, he? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, yeah. yes. All right. Okay, well, thank you, Ian, and I'm no, off to Amazon Prime now, all right? I'm, I'm off to turn the fan back on. Yes, you do that. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot about that. No, Blimey, an hour and a half sweating away. Yeah, thinking about Lee John. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Okay, nice see you in a week. Thanks, right. then. Bye. Bye.